0: The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew from the 10th chapter, Glory to you, O Lord. Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 10, verses 5, verses 21 through 33, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1510. These 12... Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Verse 21. Brother will betray brother, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And when you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household. So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight." What I whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. In the name of Jesus. Take us back to the reading in Matthew where Jesus says, What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without my father knowing it so don't be afraid you are more valuable to god than a whole flock of sparrows that is matthew 10:29 and 31 from the new living translation have you ever been afraid of anything are are you ever afraid Do you ever worry? I've seen some heads going, nope. (laughs) I'm like, wow, I want to talk to you after the service. Have you ever been discouraged, or are you discouraged right now? Yeah. What are some of the things that discourage you? You don't have to say that out loud. What are some of the things that discourage you? Here are some things. Here are some things that might cause worry or fear or discouragement. Loneliness. Feeling neglected. Feeling that you don't have any friends. Maybe any friends that are still alive. Failure. Failure in important stuff. What do you mean by stuff, Pastor? Well, that's up to you. What is stuff in your life? Illness or injury. Does fear, worry, or discouragement for you come from criticism from others? How about COVID-19? How about the violence, the chaos, and the destruction that we see? Today, I want to tell you a story about a woman, and her name was Sevilla Martin, and she wrote a song about overcoming fear, worry, and discouragement. Mrs. Martin and her husband were visiting a couple, and their names were Mr. and Mrs. Doolittle, who lived in Elmira, New York. Now, Mr. Doolittle was crippled, and he had to move about in a wheelchair, and Mrs. Doolittle had been confined to bed for over 20 years, and despite the problems that they both faced in life, they always seemed to have a cheerful outlook in life. Mr. Martin asked Mrs. Doolittle, how do you manage to remain so joyful? How do you remain so joyful when you face so many problems? And Mrs. Doolittle's reply was simple. If God has his eye on the sparrow, then I know that he is watching over me. Mrs. Martin was so touched by Mrs. Doolittle's reply that she wrote a poem that has, well, was to become the basis for a song that has brought peace and has brought comfort to people for over a hundred years now. Here's how it goes Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches over me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. The next day, Sevilla Martin mailed the poem to Charles Gabriel, a gospel songwriter who wrote a tune for it. And the rest is, as they say, is history. Now the truth of the message of the song, His Eye is on the Sparrow, is found in the Bible lesson for today in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus was teaching his disciples that even though they were going to be facing some very difficult times as his followers, they should not be afraid. He said to them, Two sparrows... Are sold for one copper coin, but not one single sparrow can fall to the ground without your fa- Father in heaven knowing it. So he says, Don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Okay, well, Pastor, that's like the third time you said it. <laughs> but isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing that God knows everything that we go through, that nothing that happens to us, there isn't anything that he doesn't already know about? When we feel lonely and totally abandoned, when we are scared and in fear, when it seems that our prayers are unanswered, when everything seems hopeless, God knows and God cares. This morning, we heard from the word from the prophet Jeremiah. And we know and read into it that he was worried. He was in despair. This man was truly grieved. Why? Well, Jeremiah's preaching had failed. It had failed to produce repentance of any kind. And there was no evidence of the people of Judah turning to the Lord. And as Ken pointed out, there wasn't a suggestion that he go and proclaim. He was told, you go and do it. Because if you don't, I'm going to do what I'm going to do to them to you. Jeremiah knew that the law of God does work wrath. He knew that the law drives impenitent sinners into even more ferocious hatred of God. Impenitent sinners hear the word and they kick against it, brother against brother. Children against parents. Jeremiah knew, and we witness this that the promise of the gospel itself becomes the smell of death to those who are in rebellion. The smell of death. The gospel good news. Jesus loves you and so do I. And somebody might tell you to go where it don't snow. Go to Sheol with that. The human. The man in Jeremiah. After seeing all of this, lashed out at God. In chapter 14, he he does that, and it's very clear, and that wasn't part of our reading, but I will give it to you in a minute. Jeremiah could see that his labor, his preaching, I'm telling them God's Word, and they're not listening. In fact, they're being hostile to me. This was not good. And in his grief he lashed out at God. You know, grief can do that to a person. In in severe, deep, dark grief. We can lash out at even those that we love the most. Have you seen it? Have you done it? That's pretty common to all men and women. In our grief, we lash out, sometimes to those that we love. We read that Jeremiah was being taunted even by his friends. Did you hear Ken reading that? They were waiting for him. He was under the closest scrutiny for a slip-up that would be used to discredit his prophetic message. That happens today. God befits... Try it again, Ken. May the Lord forbid any of us have ever said something in the past that was recorded in some way that someone who has an ax to grind finds and publishes and causes us to lose everything. At least not our reputation. That's what his friends were doing. They were waiting for him to slip up. This is what evil does. This is what Satan does. And this is what he is doing even now. In verse 14, Jeremiah said, Cursed cursed be the day I was born. May the day my mother bore me not be blessed. His joyous trust suddenly gave way to deep despondency. The Lord remained silent after this as well. Think about this. We're going, everything's wonderful. I believe in Jesus. I believe he is the Son of God. And then I crash my car, or then... Someone I love has cancer, or somebody I love hurts me. How am I doing now? Maybe even my church, somebody in my church, hurts me, offends me, drives me off. Maybe God didn't answer a prayer that I knew He would and should, and and the outcome isn't the way that it should be. Where do I go? I lash out. And that grief is so terrible. And God is quiet. Have you ever noticed that in the midst of deep, deep grief, that there, He's like it's silent? I said, Hello? Where are you in this? I lashed out at him. You're not here. Everything the pastor ever told me was a fraud. Everything that's in the Bible was a fraud. You're not here and I don't need you. Because if you were here, you wouldn't have let X, Y, and Z happen. Fill it in yourself. Some people call that the pity party and we are entitled to it for a little while. But we can't remain there. God is silent in our dark grief sometimes. Sometimes words must wait. Because we wouldn't hear him in that. We are too caught up in our grief, in our darkness, in our being let down, that we don't hear the word. And that's what the Lord did. He allowed Jeremiah's grief to pass. Because he knew Jeremiah was set on a solid rock. And he knows that you and I are set on that same solid rock he would say remember remember the sparrow remember that you are more valuable than a whole flock of sparrows do not despair for christ has overcome death and the devil once And for all, no matter what is going on that is causing you the fear, the worry, or the discouragement, do not despair, because he overcame death and the devil for you and for all who believe. And that's what it means that's what it means when you hear me say, We preach, we proclaim Christ and Him crucified. Nothing more and nothing less. It's what Paul said in the, the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 2 2. He says, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. But pastor, COVID-19, Christ and him crucified. But pastor, fill in the blank, Christ and him crucified. It's always about Christ and him crucified, and I would add this. It's always about him and him crucified and you crucified in a death like his. And you resurrected in a resurrection like his in your baptism. Oh man, Pastor did it again. Every week he keeps saying, Christ and him crucified. Woo! He keeps saying, the font, the font, the font. Doesn't he have anything else? Oh boy, I could, I could go on and on, and you've heard me before, but this is what matters. You died a death like his. You arose in everlasting life like his in a resurrection. And that takes care of everything. Everything that would ever cause you to flee, cause you despair, cause you grief. It's found right there in that baptismal font. It's found right here in that body, in that blood. And it's because of that cross and the work that he did for you. You just receive. So worry not. Remember the sparrows. In the name of Jesus. Amen.